G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might be feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. You might be struggling with things like body issues or ashamed of your eating and exercise habits. You might be battling with negative thoughts and self-esteem or you might be unsure why you're here and what you're doing with your life. Well, our special guest today on 2020 says, don't worry, you are not alone in all of this. Stacey McBride is a wife, a mother, a fitness instructor, a wellness coach and school teacher. She's written a couple of books. Uh, We'll mention these a couple of times throughout our conversation. One of those is called You Are Amazing, 31 Days of Encouragement for a Healthy, Happy Soul and Bursting with Health unlocking the fullness of health that you were created to enjoy. So this hour, we're going to be talking through some issues, including caring for yourself so you can care for others. And so a special welcome to you, Stacey McBride. Hi, Neil. Hi, listeners. Stacey, last time we had you in, we just had a fabulous time. Yeah. And you have such a vibrance and an ability to communicate on this particular topic that we're talking about today. I suspect listeners are going to be uh, absolutely enthralled with our conversation. Uh, we'll leave that to the listener to, uh, to, back, to make that judgment. But take us back before we get into all the good things. And, you know, people will be picturing you now like some sort of a fitness instructor up front leading an exercise class and uh, yelling out all sorts of wonderful things about how you can absolutely change your life. And you've got that little bit of a uh, pizzazz about you. But it hasn't always been that for Stacey McBride. Just take us back to uh, to what you were doing and when the light switch came on and what you're doing now. Yeah, that's right, Neil. So I do lead group fitness classes and I absolutely love it, but it hasn't always been that way for me. Um, when I share my story, I share that I wasn't always passionate about health and well-being or health and fitness. In fact, I really do often say I'm the most unlikely role model for health and well-being. Um, So my journey, you know, I sort of played sport as a kid, but I wasn't super sporty. My family wasn't super into exercise. We weren't gym junkies or anything like that. Um, And so when I was 13 years old, you know, I had a really beautiful upbringing, very normal upbringing, beautiful Christian home. I was exceptionally blessed. But when I was 13 years old, I fell really unwell with a condition called chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, And that just basically... Um, wipes you out. You are very fatigued, very tired, very exhausted for no real reason. And there's no real treatment plan or cure um, for how to sort of tackle this. And so it was this big unknown and we're sort of trying to put all these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together, but it felt exceptionally overwhelming. And so I missed a lot of school. I missed a lot of sort of normal social time. I mean, it was a really dark time because I disconnected from God. I was very disconnected socially Physically, I was a very big mess. Um, you know, I only weighed about 45 kilos and I was just a really pretty much a big a big mess. Um, and so that time, I guess, was very low. I was depressed. There was feelings of low self-worth and self-esteem um, and just trying to navigate that and come back from that. So that was really, I guess, what made me first switch on to health and the importance of health because I had experienced lack of health and, and really um, felt what that, what, what that was. So 
that was a big challenge. Um, so from there, you know, I did get better over a, a time period of engaging with lots of health and wellbeing professionals. My family were exceptionally supportive to get me healthy and well, as, as, as parents are. I'm sure there's listeners out there, if you saw your child sick, you would do anything you could to try and get them well again. Um, but then when I did sort of get well and get back into school, um, I was just, like I said, really disconnected socially. I just wanted to fit in and be normal. And what that looked like was sort of very self-destructive behavior, drinking, partying, not um, caring for myself at all. And so I sort of fell headfirst into that scene and I ended up pregnant with my daughter at 16 years old. Um, and from that, you know, the saga continues. That was another whole um, thing to navigate with my life. And, and I turned to food as my comfort. I put on 35 kilos during my pregnancy, very low self-worth again, because I just had this body that I wasn't happy with and this life situation that was overwhelming. And yeah, it just wasn't very fun at all. So that's sort of where I've been. That's my experience of lack of health, if you want to call it that. And I'm a, I'm here thinking, wow, because <laughs> you have got a story. Uh, when we say, you know, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling stressed? Are you battling with body issues? Are you going through all of these things that we mentioned in our introduction today? You have been there and you have done that mm. and you have successfully turned your life around. Uh, now, I know you'll give glory to God in all of that as well, yes. but... Uh, let me just come to something very, very important as we get our conversation underway today. In church life, where you know it's uh, you know it's uh, it's pummeled into us in some sense that we are to care for others, and sometimes the idea of caring for ourselves is glossed over. Mm. But uh, you're bringing a real focus on caring for yourself, so that you have the capacity to care for others. Definitely. I think, like you said, um, you know, one of my favorite verses, I'm just going to quickly jump into it. It's in, in uh, Matthew. It's in all the Gospels. But, you know, it's the, the um, Pharisees, they're talking to Jesus and they're asking him, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your passion and your prayer and your intelligence. This is the most important, um, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. And that is to love others as well as you love yourself. And so that's in Matthew 22. Um, you know, I think as Christians, we, we get the first part of that, you know, love others, full stop. And, we, you know, our heart, it's, it's good motivation. We want to love others. We want to change the world. You know, we want to be Jesus's hands and feet. But this, you know, it's so important to actually love others as you love yourself, love your neighbor as you love yourself, love others as well as you love yourself. And so I often will throw the challenge question out there of how can we love others well if we don't love ourselves well first? Uh, okay, I'm just thinking uh, permission to point the finger for a moment. All right, I'm okay. giving you the permission, and, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> That's and scary. The listeners, <laughs> listeners can uh, can respond, and I hope they will. Uh, but this idea of of loving others, there's almost this sort of assumption uh, that when we say love others as we love ourselves, the assumption is that somehow or other we already do love ourselves. How, when you this is the permission, point yep. you, point the finger when you look at people in general, and it might be people in your community, it might be people uh, in general perception, but point the finger for a moment and say, uh, you're not loving yourself if you're doing this, you're doing that, uh, you're not taking care of this particular thing in your life. How do you point the finger? Okay, sure. 
Um, I think, again, like I said, it comes down to we have a good motivation and good intentions as Christians a lot of the time. It is to really impact and love on others. But it comes down to, you know, if I'm not getting enough rest, if I don't know my worth or my value or my identity or my purpose, if I am saying yes to everything and I don't have healthy boundaries, so I'm overwhelmed, which means I'm snapping at the kids or snapping at my husband, Am I actually loving on others well if I haven't poured into myself first? You know, I often just want to think of, uh, you know, or I phrase the question out to my clients, you know, who's on the receiving end of me? And if I'm not in the best, you know, they're on the receiving end of whatever I've put in. So if I haven't put in enough good stuff, they're getting the, you know, the sort of scraps. The leftovers. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And when we talk about men and women, Mm. and I I think uh, lots of your clients are women. Yes. Uh, So women, do they process these things differently? Uh, Is there a, I mean, yesterday was Mother's Day. Yes. Uh, Do women, if we're focusing on mums in particular, I mean, mums burning the candle at both ends because they're doing so much and trying to juggle everything and, uh, you know, the whole idea of being overwhelmed and being feeling burned out. I mean, this seems to be something that many, many women do struggle with. Uh, your thoughts on women and, and men? Yeah, well, definitely women. I'm more experienced with women, so I can speak from personal experience that, you know, women are in this point in history, we are so blessed and so fortunate to have the freedom that we have, you know, but there are also a lot of expectations on us like never before. We are, um, I guess, we have the freedom to, but we also, dare I say, expected to run the household, to be the mom, to have all the housework done, to make the dinners, to make the lunches and work, you know, a full-time job as well, support husband or whatever that looks like and serve on church and do ministry and, and other roles of life. So life can be exceptionally full and like I said I think it often comes down to good motivation good heart but um, you know what happens the outcome ain't pretty sometimes Mm. well I want to invite our listeners to join in our conversation today you might have your own contribution to make as we talk about caring for ourselves Uh, you might have your own insights into how you've dealt with these sorts of issues over the years and, of course, uh, we'll obviously get the contribution from Stacey, but 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation today, caring for yourself so you can care for others. Uh, it's different for every individual. It's different in every family. Uh, so is there a particular thing that you need to look to change first if you're actually thinking, well, you know what, Stacy's got this right. Uh, I am overwhelmed. I am stressed. I am battling with you know issues to do with uh, weight and exercise and uh, all of those sorts of things. Is there a place where you actually start, Stacy? I think uh, the first or the best part or place to start is just being aware of it and being aware that self-care isn't selfish, it's essential, and it's biblical as well. You know, like you said, I think in churches this isn't this isn't taught, and that's not a criticism of churches, but it's just not part of our culture uh, to care for ourselves. that we're not actually receiving that sort of teaching. So the first step is awareness that caring for self is is so powerful, so important, and it's biblical. It's God's heart for us. And when we pour into self first, you know, that analogy of we can't pour from an empty cup, I can't pour what I don't have onto the world around us. If we haven't poured into self first, we can't pour out. So starting to have that awareness and starting to shift that mindset, that's the, the first and most important step. And when we talk about a whole person, this uh, concept of spirit, soul, body, there is a certain uh, holisticness about uh, the way you're saying we ought to be caring for ourselves. 
Yes, definitely. And I think if you can, you know, maximize the time, like let's be really honest that life is full. It's not as simple as just going out into the middle of nowhere, turning off all technology and living this very simple life. Even though I think for a lot of people, sometimes that sounds like that's a, that's the easy option. That's a good option. But, uh, you know, we are given all these things to steward. And I think we can definitely steward it. We can juggle it. We can balance it really well. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes for me, it's a walk on the beach. It's with a podcast in or some worship. Um, and that really, it sets me up well in my spirit, in my soul, and my body. I'm feeding my spirit. I'm having my mindset tweaked and I'm moving my body. I think I'm killing, you know, three birds with one stone. Yeah. That's that's great because um, when we talk about, uh, you know, ways to make a start, uh, you're saying, well, you can do spirit, soul, and body uh, with a walk on the beach. And as you say, you've got uh, you've got your iPod going, and uh, and you're you're actually either feeding your mind or leading your mind with some level of worship, mm. uh, and you're actually meeting with God, uh, exercising, and uh, your mind is engaged. It's uh, everything about that. There's, so there's a there's one way in which you can uh, actually do all three at once. So wanted to invite listeners to be part of our conversation. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to contribute. Let's take a call from Shelby in Brisbane. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Hello, uh, Neil, Tracy. Yeah, mate, look, uh, spiritually, um, I think if uh, you're alive and well spiritually and getting your nourishment from the uh, Scripture and the Holy Spirit, um, that goes a long way. But I do say I do do fasting, uh, as it says in the uh, Scripture in that, in, in that sense, and um, I make sure that, um, you know, someone was saying every day that they're all getting coals and that, and I'm standing around them and, and I haven't got mine. And I say, it's because I tox, I detox, I, I fast. Um, you know, we had fast food in the old days, you know. They had to chase it to catch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, um, again, you know, a hunter might go a couple of days without food anyway. So mm-hmm. it all worked out wonderfully. It was, you know, God's got the plan and it all works wonderfully. We don't have to eat every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I certainly watch how I eat, what I eat, you know, and mix the fire, the veggies, the, the whole thing. I won't go through it all. Keep it short. I get a bit long-winded sometimes. <laughs> but, Shelby, yeah, so, great thoughts in there, but let's pick up on uh, one of those things that Shelby's talking about, uh, this idea of fasting. And, uh, and sometimes we think of that as a spiritual exercise and uh, not necessarily a detox, uh, although that's got to be a side effect. Uh, your thoughts on what Shelby's sharing? I think fasting is so powerful, like Shelby was saying, that, you know, we um, are now very saturated with food. It's, it's at our fingertips. We have supermarkets where we can just go in and, and buy food all the time. Uh, you know, but, you know, back in you know, biblical times or even, you know, a few hundred years ago, this wasn't how we lived our lives. And, and so that, um, I guess, fasting or withholding or having a period where we abstain from certain things and certain foods, I think, is incredibly powerful. And it's all through Scripture. So, very powerful, not just for your physical body, but also spiritually. Definitely, I agree. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Talking about caring for ourselves today so you can care for and you can love others. Uh, it's a sort of conversation that you can be a part of. 1-800-316-316. Stacey McBride is our guest. She's a wellness and health author. But she writes from a Christian biblical perspective. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Denise is on the line from Albany in WA. Hello, Denise. Welcome along. Hello. Thank you. Denise, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I've 
I've come part way through the conversation, but um, one of the best things I've found is at the moment I've got vision on. I'm going through the house cleaning. I've done the floors, made the beds, all that sort of stuff. I've been <laughs> yep. And so uh, we've got, oh, you know, Chromecast on our TV so we can put Christian shows on um, from various podcasts and all sorts of other things. We've got the iPhones with the app on it going because I can't get the radio here and yep. things like that. And, yeah, so all sorts of preachers and speakers you can get online now, different websites that they put up, and I've found them very, very helpful, and I can have Christian worship on if I need to. But this is why I like Vision, putting it on while I'm doing the housework. Yeah. And Denise, it's the case, isn't it, that there is so much uh, opportunity now to be able to become more spiritually healthy in the sense of uh, there's a resource, and you're talking about vision, uh, but you're also talking about uh, podcasts and having Christian TV and uh, all sorts of opportunities like that. Uh, But for some people who are overwhelmed, uh, sometimes it's just a bit of a lack of discipline that they're not attending to their spiritual life so that they're not aware of the stewardship of these sorts of issues. But let's uh, some insight from Stacey on what you're uh, on what you're talking about, Denise. Yeah, sure, um, Denise. That's great. I think we are, like you said, so fortunate and so blessed, especially to live in Australia where we have access to all these free resources and we can feed ourselves spiritually. So we're really super blessed. I think sometimes people I talk to, they don't even they're not even aware that these things exist, you know, that we can get free podcasts, free messages, there's apps, there's websites that have so much content. I mean, we can have free Bible app, we can have audio Bible, we can have there's free worship. It's just phenomenal the amount of resource we have to be able to fill ourselves spiritually and and like Denise was saying that's our real foundation and that's what I am so passionate about that that spiritual foundation of your health and your well-being is the absolute core we need to be strong in our spirit and from that overflow you know all the other health really just pours out and overflows from there. Denise we've still got you on the line Uh, when you're feeding yourself spiritually and today as you're saying you're going around the house you're doing housework I mean that's a sort of a uh, that's an aerobic workout in itself isn't it but (laughs) definitely uh, do these uh, do do you think of uh, the sorts of disciplines that you might need for uh, for actually being a person who's caring for yourself Uh, just uh, describe for us if you're able to uh, you know what sort of things when you pick up the phone and say I'd like to contribute to that conversation uh, how do you care for yourself I just I think it's one of those things that I think is very, very important. I have had a lot of health issues and praise God, he's given me a, a way out in a way. Yep. <laughs> um, and that has changed um, my food and everything else. And so I have not been able to do huge amounts of exercise and things like that. This is stuff that is all building in. And what I've noticed is I've got to do little bits when I can. So It's that making the most of every moment. We don't really have an excuse to not know God or to spend time with him because even in our housework, even in, I've got a three and a half year old that's actually balancing on my leg at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that, that was my encouragement. My encouragement was you take the little times that you can and make the most of it. And if you can be putting something on TV or putting something on the radio while you are actually doing the thing that you need to do. Because, I mean, housework actually can be quite lonely in a way. (laughs) You're sort of isolated if they're off playing and you're (laughs) um, 
folding washing that seems to go on forever, but you put a podcast on or you put a vision on or you put uh, your favourite pre- preacher on and the time goes very quickly. Yeah, definitely. I really agree, Denise, and that's how I do it, you know, hanging the washing and I've got my praise on outside. I don't know what the neighbours think of me sometimes, but I'm joyful. And, you know, using, like you said, I think often what really holds people back is they look at the lack or what they don't have and they go, oh, it's only a 15-minute walk or, oh, it's just five minutes to, you know, here or there. But those minutes really can add up. And so, like, Denise was just saying, you know, a five-minute worship song and your mood can change so um, powerfully, you know, going for that quick walk, um, you know, or going and doing a really short workout or whatever that looks like, you know, maximizing those moments we have because little deposits over time really have a big impact and can be exceptionally powerful. Denise from Albany in WA, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation. We are talking about caring for ourselves so that we can care for others. And, you know, uh, Denise was touching on some of these things, uh, but the idea of having the responsibility uh, to take those moments when you are free to work on these areas, and uh, and she's talking about you know, her spirituality, and uh, she's also talking about caring for her children, caring for her family. Uh, the idea of stewardship, you mentioned that a little bit earlier on in our conversation, Stacey. Uh, we're stewards of an awful lot of things. Sometimes we think of stewardship and we're, we're talking about our money. But yes. there's more to us than our money. Uh, we've got all of these other dimensions of our life. Yeah, most definitely, you know, and, and stewardship of finances, that's incredibly important. But I think, you know, our physical body, this is it. There's no upgrade. It's the only thing we get from when we're born to when we pass away. You know, we can upgrade the car, the iPhone, whatever, but this is it. This is There's no replacement body, and God has given this as the vessel to be and do all that he's called us to to do and, and to be his hands and feet. So I think to steward and, and care for this vessel is incredibly powerful and incredibly important because it is what enables us or it is what disables us. So it will either release us, it will either restrict us to, you know, to fulfill the purpose and the calling that God has for each and every one of us. Uh, now, I know you can relate to this because you were sharing your story and uh, the idea of doing whatever you want to do or not doing whatever you want to do until you ev- eventually hit the wall and crash and then you make decisions. I mean, a lot of people would be living their life saying, well, I drink too much, I know that, but I haven't crashed yet. Uh, there's lots of unhealthy things that I do, but I haven't crashed yet. And I'll make those sorts of changes when I crash. Sometimes you haven't got control over the uh, outcomes of that, the consequences of what happens when you crash. Uh, I guess the real wisdom is to actually make changes while you are able to and and not crash. What are your thoughts on on, on how long you leave it before you change? Definitely. I think, um, like you were saying, people just push those boundaries and and push the limits until they have no choice but to make a drastic change. And I really encourage my clients to live proactively rather than reactively. And this is, you know, godly principles as well. Um, I was looking up, you know, just some statistics earlier in the week and and that 80% of people, adults, will suffer from adrenal burnout or fatigue at some stage in their life. And I work with with women who are in this place. And I can tell you, it's really not a pretty place at all. My heart absolutely breaks that we, uh, you know, this isn't actually a genetic 
disease. It's not a condition or anything. It's a lifestyle choice that we've made where we don't listen to our body's um, warning signs. We just push the push the limits, push the boundaries until we have to actually pick up the pieces. And the road back from that is months, even years of very intensive treatment, lots of expert support. Um, you know, so listening to your body, giving yourself permission, self-care, these things to put them in and be proactive rather than reactive are incredibly important. I can't emphasize that enough to your listeners. How do you describe someone who might be on the verge of, uh, I think you said it's adrenal burnout, mm-hmm. uh, this sort of fatigue that can hit and, and uh, once you hit the wall, uh, as you say, it can take years to recover. Uh, how do you make that sort of self-assessment where you might be at in burning the candle at both ends, pushing the envelope to the extremes? How do you describe someone who might be in that position? Well, adrenal burnout, if you hit adrenal burnout, it's very um, characteristic characterized by not being able to actually get out of bed like you are simply you imagine when you're trying to turn on the stove and you're out of gas you just don't have anything left in the tank so um, but people are often right on the brink I think a lot of people are right on the the edge of that and so whether they're stressed you know stress and living in that high stress high output kind of zone for a long time that's where we will um, go into adrenal burnout uh, so stressed burnout overwhelm if you're sort of sitting in that place you might be feeling uh, like you don't have passion for the things that you used to you, it's hard to get out of bed you might actually not want to be around people that kind of feeling where you just feel like life's too hard I don't have the energy and you have to really almost sort of flog yourself to get up and go in the morning that's that's a real warning sign I've known some people over the years who appeared to have uh, so much energy, uh, almost you know, make you feel guilty because they're doing so much and I'm not doing quite so much. Uh, the feeling that uh, that somehow or other you've got to be go 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 all the time. Uh, you know, some people will say, "How are you?" and the response will be, "Oh, I'm so busy." Uh, the idea of being busy, I mean, it's it is there's something uh, you know uh, psychological about that. Uh, which can lead you along the path of just a over intense lifestyle that could lead you to some of these sorts of points where you might crash. How do you think about uh, about people who are just so full of energy that maybe that's not natural? I'm busy. I love that you raise busy Neil because busy <laughs> that is one of my favorite words. I actually was speaking to a group of um, girls last week about busy, and I have banned that word from my vocabulary because, like you say, we ask people how are they doing. And they say busy. And it's like busy is almost this badge of honor that we wear around. Like if we're busy, it must mean that I'm being so effective and I'm doing so much and my life is so full of all good things. But often what that means is people are just busy for the sake of being busy. We don't have good boundaries. We don't sort of say no. We might be doing lots of stuff sort of in a mediocre sense as opposed to well. Um, I actually had a mentor one time um, say to me, Stacey, busy stands for burdened under Satan's yoke. And that absolutely arrested me. So Usually busy means too busy for God. And mm. you might be saying too busy for caring for yourself. Is busyness one of the biggest things that we're challenged with, you think? Because if we're too busy doing all sorts of other stuff, we haven't got time for ourselves. We haven't got time for others. Definitely. I think we know everyone has the same time in their day, Neil. You know, we all have 24 hours in our day. Uh, I read something one time I was talking about our days like a suitcase and we have that choice of what do we pack into our suitcase? What do we choose to include? And if we pack too much, we're overloaded and we have way too much in our suitcase. If we don't pack enough, we're unprepared and and we're also not ready for for what we need. So having just enough, that sweet spot, you mentioned it before. I love that. So I think busyness, 
guess it's it's that concept of overpacking our suitcase, having way too much, and we don't have any margin, any space for God, any space for selves. And ultimately, like I shared before, you know, if we don't have that space, we're, we're on putting people on the receiving end of not much. There's, you know, not getting the best from us. Everywhere we go, everyone we talk to, every time we turn on the TV, uh, there are marketing people trying to put more in our suitcase. Uh, You've got to be able to say no somewhere along the way. I imagine that saying no, knowing when to and how to say no, is one of the most important things if you're going to get things back on track and if you're going to be... Uh, healthy and care for yourself. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, that we say yes to so much. You know, as you said, we are bombarded with marketing messages. We're being bombarded with with offers, great offers as well. Like I shared right at the beginning of the show, we have that great motivation uh, to help out with the thing that needs to be helped out at school with for our kids or at church. You know, they need someone to cook a meal or, you know, the job at work, we might need to do an extra report for a work colleague because they were sick or something like that. You know, there's all these things and we get asked to do them and often we can say, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, but, bef- you know, when we say yes, pretty soon if we say yes to everything, you know, you look at your schedule and you have that little moment where you go, oh, that seems a bit full. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. And that feeling of panic and, and overwhelm starts to build. So like you said, being able to say no and create those healthy boundaries is super important. I'm very passionate about that. I've heard it said before that uh, if you say no more often, that when you say yes, you'll be far more valued because uh, for a lot of people, and you could almost bring in here the idea of exploitation, and, and it can happen at home, can happen in a marriage, can happen in your family, can, because your mum, uh, you could be exploited because you'll just do yes, 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 yes. Uh, saying no makes your yes much more valuable. Definitely. And when we say yes to less, we're able to be more effective with the things that we actually do and not have, you know, someone who would ask us, oh, I know they'll always say yes. Like you said, we are just uh, overloaded because other people think, oh, she will, she'll agree, she'll say yes. And I think about it, something that really, um, I guess, sort of challenges me is that Jesus was very strategic with his time. He knew what he needed to say yes to and he also knew what he needed to say no to. He was very clear about his mission, his purpose, his assignment. Um, He knew he had a limited time frame to do that. And so he said no to the things that um, weren't going to be part of that. And uh, and that really, you know, speaks volumes to me and really encourages me. Now, don't let me forget, because we need to talk about having a strategy Mm. uh, to actually be uh, concerned about our own uh, health, our own care for ourselves. We'll come back to that, but we've got a caller on the line. Uh, Robin is in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Hello. Hi. Um, I didn't really want to um, uh, talk about this, um, but I thought only if I um, had something positive to say. Um, I, I, I ex- exactly um, what that uh, Tracy is in. Uh, Stacy. Yeah. Stacy about um, what Jesus did and what he said no to and whatever like that. It's that's that's one of the keys. But um, I, as one who's suffered um, both mental depression as well as chronic fatigue, um, I know the difference. Um, there's a lot of confusion over it. But um, for many, many years, I couldn't understand, like you're talking about what to do for to care for yourself. For I really think the key um, very often is finding what causes it, what causes the problem, and then what is the cure. And very often the answers are not so easily there. So I um, am very devoted to um, time um, reading the Bible and, and that sort of thing, and that I don't think I could survive without it. 
that uh, for many years, um, when I when I had chronic fatigue, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't find um, I couldn't find what caused it. I couldn't find what what could alleviate it. But uh, in the end, um, I realised that God was showing me some answers because we are a body, soul, and spirit, and um, we try to compartmentalise those. But when one is affected, the other two are are affected, and um, and I, I found that with my chronic fatigue, only after many, many years and talking to others, other sufferers, it's a combination of a virus. Well, my, every, everyone that I've talked to has a com- combination of a virus as well as um, some sort of stress. And um, I actually, I had hepatitis and glandular fever wow. before, before this chronic fatigue. And I, I was, and I was, I, I was asking God all the time, "What is it? What, what's caused it?" And I kept going, "Well, it's spiritual because I was, um, you know, ministers were seeing some dark presence over me and that sort of thing as well." And so then I'd think, "Okay, I'm being cursed. That's one thing." And then I'd go to the physical, and then no, it's because of the hepatitis. Oh no, it's because of the mental depression I've suffered for years. Finally, my body's given out. And then I heard this missionary talk about her experiences after she had hepatitis, and I couldn't believe it. She described exactly what I was going through because it's not just um, the chronic fatigue and that, you know, there's there's mental, and when I say mental, it's not really mental, it's spiritual, spiritual attacks. And she was describing exactly the same, and uh, I, I was amazed. So we really have to find out, and... Um, yeah, what what is causing it? So very often depression, we have to ask ourselves, have I got unforgiveness towards somebody? Have I, um, you know, is there something that the Lord has asked me to do and I'm not I'm not um, obeying? Robin, you are raising some amazing points because one of the things that's so important that you're talking about is that sometimes these things are not within our own control. Uh, there are challenges, whether it's viral or uh, uh, other issues there. But uh, some response from Stacey to, to Robin. Robin, I really um, just want to say thank you for calling in and just sharing your story. Um, you know, it is, it's a challenge sometimes, like you said, that, that journey where there are no easy answers, there's no quick fix, and it, and it is a process sometimes. So I really just want to thank you for, for calling in and sharing. And, and I can certainly empathize of my journey of chronic fatigue of it's not just that physical dimension, but it's also the, the emotional and the mental uh, dimension as well. And, and like I said, you know, spiritually, I, I cut myself off from God and position myself in not a very good place. And so I'm, I completely understand and, and agree with what you're saying, that it's not just this one part, it's all connected. Yeah. If one part is impacted, the whole is. And so that's why I, I work holistically and we go right into the root first, which is the spiritual yeah. health and well-being. We, we go there. What, where is the, the stuff? What's the, the stuff at the root? We don't just want to yeah. treat the symptoms. We want to really address those root causes. So it is exactly like you said, are there labels that we're wearing yeah. Is it unforgiveness? Is it, you know, all those things like you mentioned so definitely and, and letting God check our heart and reveal to us and, and seeking him for, mm. you know, what, what's going on. And Robin, while we're talking about uh, your journey, uh, there is, and you're pointing out something else that's so important too, uh, the idea that if you recognize that something is wrong, then there is a process of elimination. And uh, mm. and starting with the spiritual, then you work to all of these other 
issues uh, to do with health and well-being, and and you're uh, working your way through all of those sorts of things. But but having a starting point, uh, we're saying that spiritual is a good place to start. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts on that, Stacey? Definitely. Um, I We teach and work um, from the inside out. We call it inside out wellness. The whole world is working outside in. You know, if you get your physical health sorted, then it will filter into your emotional and your spiritual well-being. But that's not how God works. He works inside out. So we go to the heart first. We, are, you know, when you have that solid foundation of your worth, your value, your purpose, your identity, that changes how you think about yourself, how you see God, how you see others, how you see what you're on this planet to do, and also how you care and steward your health in a physical sense. Um, you know, just to, I guess, set an analogy or give your listeners an, an image for that, I talk about it like a house. And so our spiritual health is like the foundation. That's that's the absolute, that's the floor, that's the re, uh, you know, the foundations going in, the concrete into the ground. That's got to be strong and really rock solid. So that's, like I said, our worth, our identity, our purpose, our value. So looking at that and then from that, the walls, the emotional and the physical well-being. So if we don't have a solid foundation, you know, if we don't know who we are, if we don't know God's word, if we don't build our life on his word, sort of the, the walls are going to be a little bit shaky. And then if we put the roof on, that's our physical well-being, it's, it's going to come down if we don't have the foundation solid and then our emotional and then our physical. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Stacey McBride is our guest. She's a Christian health and wellness author. There is a website you can visit, and there are resources on the website, and uh, you can no doubt uh, be in contact with Stacey. It's called thehealthyhappysoul.com. And uh, it's got a happy-sounding name, your website, I must say, Stacey. It's just, uh, it's just fabulous. But, uh, but people can go onto your website. I mean, that's where they'll be able to access your books. So I'll be talking about that in a little while too. But uh, there are some other resources you've got on there. You're doing some blogging and all sorts of things, helping people to actually just get happier and healthier in their own soul. Yeah, definitely. I do have a free ebook, so anyone can jump online and jump. Uh, you get seven days uh, for a healthy, happy soul. So it's a little bit of a snippet, just some life keys. Exactly what we're talking about today, Neil, just those simple strategies and practical principles you can put into play. So there's seven days of just simple things that you can apply into your week and then you're going to have a week that's, you know, you've got um, that spirit, that soul, that body so much stronger with your foundation. So that's what's there. Um, I also do a weekly YouTube uh, TV show and that's all on the website. So I upload those so people can jump on that. That's called Healthy Happy Soul TV and I blog as well. So I want to make sure that there's lots of free um, content that people can grab a hold of because this is something I'm so passionate about. I wanted to not miss the idea of talking about strategy uh, because when we talk about strategy, it sounds like our body is a business. You know, businesses have strategies. Uh, aren't, we just, uh, aren't we just surviving, thriving, existing? Uh, but having a strategy is an important thing. Definitely. I think like you just said, people often and they're just in survive mode and they're just sort of rolling through one day to the next. And, you know, if we don't have a plan, I say to my students, this is, you know, an English teacher sort of little tip coming through, but it works uh, for our physical and our emotional and our spiritual health as well, that if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. So we need to have that plan. We need to have those few things that we put in our life each and every day that set us up well. 
Now, 1-800-316-316, there is time for another call or two if you'd like to participate in our conversation. Let's bring Jesus into uh, our conversation today because uh, he is at the center of all that we do as Christian believers. I mean, he has the big mission strategy. He is doing something with us. Uh, He is the one who loves us. One of the very important illustrations that comes from the Gospels is, of course, in that story of Mary and Martha. And uh, Martha would be the one that you could say would be on the verge of uh, burnout, being overwhelmed because she's just doing everything and and Mary's like the opposite. Uh, When you talk about Mary and Martha and Jesus and the way that he was uh, bringing his insight uh, divine insight into actually having these things worked out. How do you think about that, Stacey? Yeah, into that situation, you know, we can see the complete contrast and the complete opposites, you know, that Jesus is there and, and Mary and Martha are both trying to honor Jesus and, and show their love for him. Um, but like you said, it's very different. So Mary, um, she's sitting at Jesus's feet. She just wants to love on him and just be in his presence. And we have Martha who is running around trying to do everything, make everything perfect. And I would imagine her to be like, probably how I'm alike sometimes when I have people coming over, I want to try and clean the house and get it all looking perfect and pretty for them all. Um, you know, and Jesus really just says, you know, look at Mary. She's just here. She's at, at my feet. She's being with me. And it shows that difference between being and doing, you know, that works versus, you know, we have that works mentality. We need to do, we need to do, and that proves our worth. But Mary just sits at Jesus' feet and she just be she bees with him. Um, you know, and I, I say that to my clients a lot as well. You know, the difference between being versus doing. Sometimes we just need to be still. We need to do it quite regularly, actually. We need to be still. We need to sit with Jesus. And he recalibrates us. He will highlight the stuff we need to tweak. He will um, make it clear what we need, need to do. Um, it's so, so important that we just be. 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Penny is in Victoria. Hello, Penny. Yeah, I'm here. Penny, what are your thoughts? Uh, look, uh, I was just listening to this uh, depression and anxiety. I've got a who just turned 17 years. She has been on medication. There's a lot of cutting going on. Mm. She's put on enormous weight. And last week and this week, she slept three days at home, three nights at home. Mm. She's smoking. I'm not sure whether she's on the hard stuff. She dropped out of school. She was an ace one ballerina, Mm. great musician. Nothing. And as parents, uh, I don't know what we're doing. I'm praying a lot. And I'm hoping for light at the end of the tunnel. But she eats all the wrong food. She, we, uh, mother and daughter, was very close. She doesn't look me in the eye anymore. Uh, mm. My husband's taken her and put her on the pill, which I was totally against. Out of my two girls, I can say to you, as a mother, I knew we all have bad points. This girl was the angel. Mm. She was my rock. Penny, let's get some insight from Stacy. I mean, Stacy, I feel like in sharing your story, you've been a little bit uh, where this young woman is. Uh, what's your encouragement for Penny and uh, for this 17-year-old girl? Yeah, Penny, just thank you so much for sharing. As I said, you know, being a mother myself, um, I totally 
just can empathise where you're at. And, and like Neil was saying, my story is quite similar. So I understand what it's like to, to be in your daughter's shoes. And um, what really, you know, now being older, looking back, I had a lot of people praying for me that I probably didn't realise at the time. You know, my grandma is a phenomenal prayer warrior. My parents, um, you know, church. So, uh, you know, what it must have looked like for them on the outside that it was just chaos and it was all falling apart. Um, but I share with people all the time, you know, if God can make something beautiful of the mess that was my life, he can make something beautiful of anyone's life. And so I just want to encourage you, Penny, to keep praying. And if you have other people around you who can pray as well, to really be having them also lift you up and lift your family up in prayer. Um, and to, I'm sure you are, but, you know, what sort of support team do you have around you? Yes, in a prayer capacity, but also um, healthcare professionals who can be supporting you. Um, you know, I really... I guess as well at that age, I had some great mentors who I probably didn't realize what they were actually doing at the time, but they really were um, catalysts in really seeing me come to health and to happiness and out of that dark place. So, you know, do you have some mentors uh, alongside her as well? Penny, thank you so much for your insight and for your story and for being so open about that. And I hope that was helpful. We have run out of time uh, to go any further with that because we're going to take one more very quick call. This is Kate in Townsville. Hello, Kate. Welcome along. Hello. Thank you very much, Neil and Stacey. I just wanted to comment on the show in general. I just wanted to thank you for such a relevant um, topic and also just especially with how the um, people approach things these days, like Stacey was saying um, just a few minutes ago, that it's often, you know, from the outside in and we need to work from the inside out. I think that's just so pivotal at the moment and people not knowing where to turn and how to integrate their faith into that. Um, I know I struggle physically as well as, you know, mentally um, with depression and anxiety So and they obviously manifest in physical symptoms um, quite regularly and just knowing how to actually approach it in a godly way and go against the flow of, you know, the secular world. Um, it's just really heartening to hear, you know, someone who's so passionate about it, but also, yeah, just helping people as well um, along the way who are listening. So thank you very much. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you so much. Wow. I think, like you said, there is, there's not a lot out there. I remember when God sort of first put this on my heart and I thought, okay, great. I'm just going to go out there and, and license what someone else is doing or learn from someone else. And I couldn't really find anyone. And, you know, so I am very passionate about bringing this to the health and wellness space, to bringing Jesus and God into the health and wellness space, because like I share all the time, he has the optimum blueprint for how we're to live the best life and the life and the fullness of the life he created us for. So that really, thank you so much for your feedback. Thank you so much to Kate from Townsville for your call. And uh, we have run out of time. I'm going to mention the website where you can get some uh, more detail, uh, some resources, where you can get a hold of Stacey's books. Uh, the two books that she's written, one is called You Are Amazing, 31 Days of Encouragement for a Healthy, Happy Soul, and Bursting with Health, Unlocking the Fullness of Health that You Were Created to Enjoy. Here's the website where you can access those books. And, of course, Stacey's blog. And uh, she did also mention uh, a, is it a YouTube channel that you've got going where you've got uh, like your TV Weekly show. Weekly TV show, yeah. Weekly TV show. <laughs> and, uh, and I can tell you that if you have uh, teenage children, they will relate uh, to Stacey. Here's the website. It's thehealthyhappysoul.com. The Healthy Happy Soul 
Com. It is worth a look. And Stacey McBride, we have run out of time, but thanks so much for taking your time and sharing your thoughts and your heart with our listeners. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you, everyone. Have an amazing day. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.